It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Okay, we are back. Finally. Finally. It's been a minute, but welcome once again to the Playground Rules, a podcast about basketball by people who uh, don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> including my, including myself, Herb, and my friend Arik, who has a painting in his house of himself with uh, past hosts of this podcast. <laughs> Wait, who are the past hosts of this podcast? <laughs> I'm just referencing that uh, that awful painting that's been uh, making the rounds that Trump has with him uh, and old Republican presidents. Does he have that? Oh, oh dude, you gotta look it up. It's really funny. Yeah. Well, it's not oh, funny. It's uh, soul crushingly depressing. That's, yes, soul crushingly <laughs> depressing. So I'll probably avoid it. But that is in- amazing. Yeah, it's like some like just like random dude that's really into him. It's like sent it, and he loved it. I guess. I, I, that, at least that's the story that I heard. Uh, yeah. How have you been, Arik? It's been like two weeks since we recorded. So I know it's crazy. I've been uh, fiending for some basketball but it's it's getting close i'm trying to get back out on the playground yeah the 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 season is essentially upon us yeah this is like an 11th hour hail mary (laughs) to to totally mix my metaphors (laughs) (laughs) this is like an ot buzzer beater yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it me too um you know what movie i just just watched like Literally right before you recorded the podcast for the first time. I have, there would be no earthly way for me to say, no. You could guess. Uh, the Predator. Wrong! Okay. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Uh, no, uh, uh, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, you know, I've never seen it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I was, uh, you know, I've, I have a number of friends that uh, have been urging me to watch it over the years, and I finally gave in. Uh expecting to like it less than i ended up liking it i it's actually uh it's 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 a very brisk movie it's like very well paced it's got an interesting structure i didn't really find it funny but i did find it touching and uh do you feel like it was one of those movies where it's just you're coming in late i think that's uh, i don't know that i would have really found it that funny if i'd seen it when i was younger um, I just think it's not. There are a few things that I found amusing. Mostly, uh, you know, Bruno Kirby is in it, and I just find that guy hilarious. Um, you know Bruno Kirby, right? Uh, remind me. He's in The Godfather Two. He's never seen it. The go- You've never seen it. That's right. I'm not gonna get mad. Just gonna move. Oh, on. I know who this is. This is the guy from uh, City from, Slickers. Uh, from City Slickers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, he's a limo driver in Spinal Good Tap. Good Morning Vietnam. Right. He's and... like the really bad DJ in Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. That's probably the movie I know him best from, actually, uh, is Good Morning Vietnam, because I love that movie. That is a great film. Problematic, problematic, problems aside, I love that movie. Sure. Yeah, sure. It has but, not aged as well as a film. Uh, no, it has not. Discuss. But yeah, he's so good in, uh, in because he's the unfunny DJ who thinks he's funny. He has a crazy name. Do you know what his real name is? No, what is it? I don't. I, apologies to anyone uh, out there who I butcher this for, who knows how to pronounce this, but it's Bruno Giovanni Quidacciolu Jr. Wow. 
Yeah, he uh, in the Godfather two he speaks. Uh, he only speaks Italian, so I think he's fluent. I think he's legit. Yeah, yeah. his father he's is as Italian actor as Bruce Olive Kirby. <laughs> his his father was actor Bruce Kirby, uh-huh. who was in uh, the Muppet movie and Stand by Me and oh, really? Tomorrow from the Train. And... Interesting, because Stand by yeah, Me yeah. and uh, When Harry Met Sally and This Is Final Tap all have the same director. He was also on I Dream of Genie and Car Fifty Four and uh, Barney Miller and Hogan's Heroes and The Rockford Files and Mash and Alice. And Punky Brewster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Punky Brewster. But yeah, Bruno, Bruno Kirby's mom's name was Lucille Garibaldi, so I think he's pretty legit. I love how far off. Uh... By the way, Bruno Kirby, dead. Yeah, he passed away, like, what, like five years yeah. ago? Ten years ago? No, it's 12 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was yeah. really, I remember when he passed away feeling pretty sad, and it, it feels like it was more recently. Yeah. Oh, he, he was in The Freshman. I love that movie. He's a tremendously, tremendously funny actor. Oh, the freshman was great with uh, Marlon Brando and Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I uh, well, I haven't watched it yeah. since probably 1990. Speaking of movies that I hadn't watched in a really long time, last night uh, my lovely wife and I watched for the first time for her and the like 200th time for me, but not in like 20 years. We watched Spaceballs. Ugh, you know how I feel about that movie. Well, what are you, are you a hater? I'm not a hater. I just don't think it's funny. Oh, you are so wrong. And I really thought it was not going to... You don't like This Is Spinal Tap, so whatever. No, no, it's not that I don't like This Is Spinal Tap. It's that I came in too late on This Is Spinal Tap. Mm -hmm. Because by the time I watched it, every joke in the movie had been ruined for me. Uh Uh-huh. I feel sad for myself that I didn't get to see it earlier. Yeah. Like, I recognize that This Is Spinal Tap is an inherently good movie. It just wasn't... I didn't get to experience it that way. I got to experience it as the... First in a generation that I'd seen much, much later things in, and everything about it that was good had been, you know, mined to death. It's very hard for me to imagine it, seeing it in in the modern context, but I just feel like it's such a strong, perfect film. Like, there's a lot, sure, a lot of aspects have been mined to death, but there's also aspects of that film that just haven't been matched. Like, the music... I, I, I I really think that it's one. Uh, yeah, well, if the music is obviously uh, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, and actually, that's the one thing I will easily say that I really really enjoyed about it. It just you know it's 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 kind of slow, and if you've already had every joke ruined, it's hard to to get into it. I but see. What anyway, you're it's, watched... it's not it's not that other movies did it better. It's just that you heard all those jokes before you saw the. Yeah, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. Fair. No, no, no. it's not that other movies did it better at all. No, it's just that I I'd, I'd already heard you know go to eleven. 2,000 times before I saw that movie, right? You know? Yeah. So, uh, and the drummers, I knew everything. Like, I, I kept expecting to be surprised, but it's it's just so iconic that everyone had already, and they all, everyone assumed you've seen it. So no one, and you know, who's who's who thinks they're going to spoil, you know, this is Spinal Tap. It's, it's not really a concern. But I'm looking um, forward to giving that movie a new watch because I happen to notice it was on Filmstruck. Yeah, indeed. But, the, but uh, um, Spaceballs was not only her first time seeing that it was her first of any Mel Brooks movie what did she think about it she liked it a lot she she said <laughs> she said that it was my sense of humor which is like I was like what do you mean like like dad jokes and she's like yes yeah I well thank you I appreciate that I I, I didn't mind it I, I I find I was surprised at how funny I still found so many moments in that movie and I, I hadn't seen it since I was a teenager and I used to just watch it constantly with my cousins like Every Friday night, we would watch it until our parents made us go home. So, like, I mean, I seen it. I saw probably the first hour of that movie, you know, 
two hundred times or something, you know. So I was surprised I, at I how know, I know he how much like I enjoyed it. created pretty much like the film parody genre. Yeah, I just feel like when you are you not a Mel Brooks fan in general? No, we've had this discussion. What? I cannot. You know what it is? It's like it's so upsetting <laughs> that I forgot it already. I just feel like How do you films not... like Airplane and The Naked Gun are just like so much funnier. And, and... The Naked Gun's great, but so is Young Frankenstein. Yeah. And so is History of the World Part One. I mean, I understand if you're yeah. not like, I think some of his movies, his earlier films have not aged super well. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I even really like Robin Hood Men in Tights. So, you know, I'm maybe on the, on the far edge. But uh... I think it's just one, just one of those things. I just don't really, uh, don't really enjoy it. Um, do you know what I just learned right now? What did you just learn right now? His son, who Brooks, I watched, yeah. yeah, I watched graduate from college because he was in the same college class as my as my older sister. Uh-huh. Uh Wrote World War Z. Yep, which was a movie that my uncle was supposed to make and uh, didn't get to. So that's just uh, it's crazy. That movie know. is so bad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, it's, I don't think great. he's I don't think he's that upset that he didn't get to do it. But he had done every Mark Forrester movie up till that point, and then uh-huh. not that one. Yeah. What's Mark Forrester's best film? Uh, that depends. Do you? I mean, Monsters Ball won Best Picture. No, no won Best Screenplay. Finding Neverland won Best Picture. Oh, was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, probably Finding Neverland. Maybe I, my favorite movie by him is Stranger Than Fiction. Have you seen that one? The one with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, I think I did. I love that movie. Yeah, I got to watch it again. I love that movie. But uh, the Kite Runner. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what's Mel maybe, Brooks' maybe, best movie? Oh, that's whew, okay. Well, I think you'd get ask twenty people. I think you'd get twenty answers, right? Does he even have twenty movies? Uh, does he even have twenty movies that he directed? No, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies. So ask. 11 I guarantee people, you this, though. Very few answers. people, <laughs> very few people are saying Dracula Dead and Loving. <laughs> <laughs> What's Rob Reiner's best movie? <laughs> you know. Uh, um, hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Well, you... Oh, I would say The Princess Bride. And you would say this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, for me, it's... uh, Yeah, that's... Uh, Princess Bride is, like, one of my all-time favorite films. I I totally get that. Um, And it's... To me, Princess Bride, it's kind of like the whole Mel Brooks thing. It's like, I don't, like, have an active dislike for it, but it's just, like, it's not really my sense of humor. Oh, man. That is a bummer. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about the movie we were supposed to talk about? (laughs) Sure. Oh, I meant to bring up, like internet stuff about this uh about this movie about about the movie we watched yeah like, a month a month ago that we watched a very <laughs> long time ago yeah. i've got my notes <laughs> out <laughs> oh let me get my notes i didn't even remember i took notes until you said something thank you uh i totally took notes because there were there was a lot to say i feel like yeah uh this yeah. is uh certainly david s ward's best film I mean, look, I, feel, I listen to this podcast now where they, they, it's called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. It's excellent. And they, they talk about movies and they do like initial thoughts. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a good idea because then you get to, you can at least establish, you know, if you, if you liked the movie or not. Yeah. I mean, I know you like to do that. I didn't realize you were ripping someone else off, but that's fine. <laughs> Homage. <laughs> uh, so... Do we, do we should we remind them our loyal listeners what movie we're talking about? Yeah, so I'll just just to introduce the segment. Uh, uh, this will be the final summer film 
for uh, playground rules, which is a yeah, shame. We, we teased the people, and then we never. Maybe we should do like a mid-season All Star Break edition. That yeah, maybe All Star Break will do White Men Can't Jump, or yeah, yeah at some point. But unfortunately, we didn't get to a White Men Can't time. Jump. We just ran out of time. Um, we watched a lot of really bad basketball movies and a couple of good <laughs> yeah. ones. And uh, for our final film, uh, we didn't think it was going to be the final one, but it ended up being the final one. We watched the uh, uh, 1989 masterpiece, Major League. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, wait, that's not a basketball film. Well, you know what? These We're playing by the playground rules. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, you know what? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We do what we want. We just decided to reward ourselves after uh, enduring uh, schlock like uh, yeah. Celtic Pride and yeah. Eddie. Ooh, God, that was awful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those were both awful. Those were both terrible. Um, we decided that we yeah. kind of uh, deserved uh, to watch a great sports movie. And uh, Major League is kind of the gold standard. Yeah. At least about, you know, I think White Men Can't Jump is a better film than Major oh, League. Oh, no, no doubt. But, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long, long time, but I would be shocked if that were not true. But Major League is ridiculously good. I just I think Major League is a better sports movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, like there, White Men. Let's be honest. Let's. Please. Sorry, go ahead. No, please. I was just gonna say White Men Can't Jump is obviously a basketball film, but it's uh, yeah a lot more of like a an interpersonal drama, and it's just brilliant and great and awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah Major League sure. is about. It's it's the uh, a template for so many uh, films. Uh, well, it's not the template because it uh, it <clears throat> mimics kind of the the framework of a, a lot of films that came before it too. But it's the the ragtag misfit squad uh, uh, achieving success by banding together. Very very Worth noting that that both films heavily feature the talents of acting god uh, Wesley Snipes. Yes, the the incomparable uh, Wesley Snipes. Who uh, turned Truly down brilliant. the sequel? Oh, uh, he turned down. Made, they all turned down. I mean, who no, was everyone it? else is in it. Just oh, Charlie Sheen is in it. Tom Berger <laughs> no, is in totally it. You're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, it's not, I, Major League Two is not great. It's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. pretty pretty bad. Uh, so yeah, uh, opening thoughts. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, we both really like this movie a lot. Yeah, I would say that uh, I, I want to acknowledge up front. I mean, I, I have a bunch of notes about sort of fun nit, nitpicks on it, mm-hmm. but uh, just just want to admit that that there there is some for sure. There's some lingering uh, eight, late '80s uh, sexism to this movie. Yeah, like without a doubt, I do not want to deny that in any way. Like there is some there's some 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 moments that you're like a little cringeworthy, but it's not obs- it's not like intensely cringeworthy i would say it's uh, from my perspective as a man yeah uh, i would say that, <laughs> i would say oh that, the man uh, is not offended <laughs> certainly there were far worse examples from this era so i think it's held up okay but but there are definitely some some moments where you're like oh okay yeah right. i i personally didn't find it to be that bad but i'm also yeah. a man so a man yeah. yeah so you know we'll do what we can but it is it is i just want to acknowledge it it's certainly there they're all all these movies from this era have the same issues uh there are this one is is, varying degrees yeah you know i mean like i'm thinking about like them taking the stuff off the the yes you know and things like that which i I mean in the context of the film but there are some comments and you know it's just you know you know but uh but still just uh just a wonderful film and uh, man i just there's so many things to love about it not least of the fact that the dude from scrubs is in it did you notice that which guy from scrubs the janitor 
uh, who's the janitor? I, I never watched Scrubs because I think that show. You never awful. watched Scrubs? Oh yeah, it is awful. Who was but... he in um, Major League? He was uh, he was he was one of the um, he's a pretty minor character. He was one of the uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, the factory workers, the one who hugs the um, the punk guy at the end. Oh, when they're doing the montages and they're talking about the team. He's one yeah, of yeah. Guys. So he shows oh, up a bunch of times, but he's one of those guys. But he's also you've seen him because he was also in Rookie of the Year. He was in The Fugitive. He was in Who's uh, he in The Fugitive? The one of the one of the cops. Okay, it's uh he's just one of those guys where if you saw his face, you're like he was in Magnolia, he was in Mean Girls, he's in Anchorman, he's in all kinds hey, of stuff. It's just one of those guys really you see the face. Things today. Okay, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> but uh, at any rate. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those guys where you look at him, and you're like, "Oh, that guy." And it's it's a running joke sure. on um, on Scrubs because they keep mentioning that he's the 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 character of the janitor, but he keeps uh, and he and he, he plays a role throughout like the entire uh, series, and they show moments of his like him being in the fugitive while in the show. <laughs> Hilarious. And then he talks about how he was in the movie. You know, there's some like, oh, there's some nice, uh, there's some nice uh, fourth wall breaking. I enjoy it. Uh, again, uh, we have encountered yet another example of something that uh, it does not uh, is not in the uh, intersection then diagram of our tastes, which for the most no, part is a big, are pretty in line. It's a big circle. It's a yeah. big circle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did not. Uh, how realize... do you want to do this? You have a bunch of notes. I have notes. You've got notes. Um, yeah. I, I've seen this movie. I can't even begin to guess how many times. Oh God, I've seen uncounted it. times, right? Yeah. Uh, I did not realize that Pedro Serrano was Dennis Havesbert until Who is this that? viewing. Uh, he was like the president in Twenty Four, and now he sells insurance on TV. Oh yeah, I've never seen Twenty Four, so I've never I still watched it either. That. But I know who Dennis Havesbert is. But oh. anyway, yeah. All right, let me look at let me look at his. Let me list some of his roles because that's what I'm doing today. <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really going to do that. <laughs> he's he's a Mr. Baseball, though. That's cool. He's an extremely famous actor, and he does a great job in this movie, and I found him... Uh, uh, I, I never realized it was the same guy. I was actually talking about watching the film at a bar, and we were talking with the, just like a random person and talking about how much I love it. Uh, and uh, uh, the guy was like, yeah, and Dennis Haysbert from 24 is in it. And I'm like... You racist! That's not Dennis Haysbert. Oh, I have seen him in in the in the like ads for Twenty Four. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I never saw Twenty Four, but he was like, yeah, he was in Twenty Four. That's right. That's cool. But he is. It is. It's him. Yeah, he's. That's him. Um, yeah. I I didn't take a ton of notes. Uh, I just uh, one thing that I just noticed is like I feel like you can tell within like two minutes that you're watching like a really good movie. Like the, oh, for sure. The Randy Newman song is playing, and it's it's uh, the be- the comic beats are just hitting. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, it really, yeah. you know, we with a lot of these movies we talk about, does it capture the authentic fan experience? And and you know, a, a great counterpoint to this is like Celtic Pride is is obviously it has a different focus because it focuses on it focuses on fans, but it doesn't it doesn't really in any authentic it way doesn't feel authentic at yeah. all. No. It's like someone who never watches sports, right? Writing a sports movie is what that movie feels like. Like the major league captures fandom and just the whole kind of culture that surrounds a team so well. 
And the hundred uh, percent agree. Yeah, yeah, the groundswell of enthusiasm that surrounds a team uh, when they start doing well, like it's it's you know it's the Cleveland Indians, a team that neither one of us root for, um, uh, but it's just so recognizable uh, in in so many facets. It's really really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I just have a few questions about the the plot that I wanted to pose to you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> My first question is. How does Jake keep getting into her apartment? Uh, I think back in those days, it was more common to leave your doors unlocked. Right, but the second time, she's not even there. There's people, nobody there. People do that. People did that kind of stuff back then. You just leave your... Like, they just left their doors unlocked. unlocked and moved out. Oh, like when she's left? She probably still yeah, yeah, so on he the lease. He walks in the first time, she's in there. Yeah. And she's shocked that he just walked in, but yeah. apparently didn't lock her door. And then the second time, well, she's shocked that she, he, he walks found in. her. He's not shocked. It's not like how did no, you she get past my she's, defenses? She's, she's like, shocked. No, isn't she like in her in her underwear or something? No, she's in like casual attire, and she doesn't okay, think she that still he knows. Shocked. She's shocked because she doesn't think that he knows where she lives because he stalked okay. her, which is problematic. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's another. Thank you. That's another problematic <laughs> element. He, and he gets told to stalk her by one of his teammates. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not quite that. <laughs> not great. Not great. Yeah, it's not quite that. Uh, all right. Okay. So she doesn't. She doesn't lock the door. All right. And then she moves out and still doesn't lock the door because I guess she doesn't care anymore because she doesn't live there. None of her stuff is. Uh, the second thing isn't really a. Question. Are we really going to nitpick this film to this degree? Because yeah, because it's fun. For a while. Listen, there, there, there. Uh, we'll go quick. There are seventy-five thousand seats in that stadium, which uh-huh. was probably true at the time. That is insane. That's huge. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Uh, the third thing I want to say is that apparently the World Series doesn't exist because they don't care about it at all. Well, <laughs> they don't even mention what happened to the team. But Art, after that's, the ending. that's a huge thing in baseball, you know, beating beating. No, no, winning the pennant is huge. Yeah, but not even acknowledging that there is a World Series, like just a, a, some text at the end saying, uh, "And the Yanks beat," you know, the Indians oh, beat man. whoever. I, I think that's one of the most brilliant things about the film. I mean, is that they don't care. Well, it's not that they don't care, but it's that that, that that that's not that's not the goal in the film, and that's not like that's not the triumph. The triumph is winning the pennant, and okay, we talk on this podcast all the time about the the overemphasizing winning, you know, winning the right titles, the rings, yeah, the era, title, yeah. blah blah blah. I think yeah. this film really embodies that spirit. I think it's I think it's such a brilliant aspect of the film. Well, I agree with you. I just think it's funny. Okay, uh, how about this? How does speaking of Serrano, you mentioned him earlier. Uh huh. How does he have a single hit all season? When he can't hit a uh, curveball? When he can't hit a curveball and everyone knows it. Well, he learns how to hit them, I think. is kind of... No, no. He learns how to hit them in the final at-bat of the final game. Remember? Mm, I he think, like says, I think he says, screw I think you, Joe Boo. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, I think you're interpreting it too literally. I think the... He it, missed every single curveball he got thrown. We, every curveball we see him get thrown, he strikes out. He struck out three times in that game up until the point he came up for the last one. I think the implication is that he's in a slump. I think it's implied that he got better, and then he hit a slump. So you think he 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 hits some curveballs, but he just still has trouble. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, and then the uh, I just want to point out it reminded me of this time in baseball because apparently the team has no relievers. The only pitchers we ever see are the two stars. That I that I agree. But that, that I agree with. It's yeah. kind of funny that in the the kind of the ultimate uh, game, they yeah. yeah, it's implied that Charlie Sheen plays Ricky Vaughn. Uh, he kind of has yeah. a, a rivalry with another pitcher whose name I can't remember. Doesn't matter. 
Uh, and uh, he's like the vet, and they, they start the vet instead of Charlie Sheen, and then when they need a reliever, they bring in Charlie Sheen. And that's Yeah, I mean, then you do see that. You do see You do see that Chargers in the playoffs. In you don't see in that in a pennant race because you have the playoffs no. coming, and you don't want to wear yeah. your starters. Pretty, pretty funny. And then my final thing, because like you said, we don't want to spend too much time. But, and I want to say, again, I love this movie. That's why I'm doing this. Uh, did you Have you ever seen the original ending? Yeah, where it turns out that the the owner, the malicious owner, was actually trying to motivate them into being good all along. Yeah, you've seen it. Uh, I saw it, like a really grainy thing on like YouTube or some some sure. internet site. Yeah, it's like, it is super implausible. So awful. Yeah. Like the people in the scene know that they that they're full of it. You know. <laughs> Like, it's so implausible. It is so detached from anything that happens in the movie that I cannot imagine this movie with that ending. Now, of course, neither could they, which is why it's not in the movie. Yeah. But it's hilarious how ludicrous that ending is. Did you ever see that movie, Now You See Me? Uh, That sounds familiar. It's like a magician heist film with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, no. I haven't Harrelson. seen it, but I've I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's terrible, and I'm going to spoil it. Uh, spoilers yeah, to people who care about this like pretty old, terrible movie. Um, yeah, nobody cares. Mark Ruffalo plays this like FBI agent who's like kind of trying uh-huh. to capture them the whole film. Love Mark Ruffalo. He's a great actor. I don't know why he did this film. Yeah. And there's scenes where he's like <laughs> he's like literally by himself in his apartment and they'll have a scene of him like pouring through all this evidence and he's like sleep deprived and he's like, Oh, I can't figure out what's going on, you know? And then the twist at the end is he's like the master magician who's been like leading them all along and it's like why would he be by himself in his room like all freaking out about all this if he was like pulling all the strings all along wouldn't he be like sipping a glass of wine and just enjoying himself like no one's watching him and <laughs> and that that initial twist that they would have used in major league it's like i don't care how smart and manipulative this woman is like it's pretty clear during the course of the entire film that she hates living in cleveland the, the plot of the movie is that this woman hates living in cleveland and she needs a team to be bad so that she can move it to Florida. Um, it's, yeah, it's completely implausible that the whole thing was a ruse. Um, completely. I hate, that. I hate it when movies and TV shows do that. It's like if you're, By the if, way, the cast of this movie that you were talking about? Yeah. Ki- kind of unreal good. It's a really great cast. It's just a terrible I mean, Jesse film. Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. like Michael Caine. I mean, mm-hmm. it just goes on and on and on and on. It's kind of amazing. It's crazy how bad movies can come from so much talent. I know. And it's crazy how just super implausible things (laughs) people are just like, yeah, (laughs) no one's going to hold this up to scrutiny. No no one's going to arc this film and nitpick every detail. That guy. Oh, stop it. You love doing that. (laughs) The the guy who made that movie, by the way, didn't get to make much after that. (laughs) Who who directed it? A guy named Louis Leterrier. Yeah, he's the guy who did like, um, he did one of the Incredible Hulk Transporter. Transporter, yeah. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, Clash of the Titans, but then he did this, and then he did, and then nothing for three years. He did a movie called Grimsby, and then he's next to oh, he's doing the uh, the Netflix Dark Crystal series. Uh-huh. Grimsby is the one with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh no, it's Brothers Grimsby. Uh, Grimsby is the one with Sasha Baron okay. Cohen and uh, Isla Fisher as well, his wife. Cool. Um, yeah. I uh, I I used to really like that director a lot uh, in his early days. Like I thought Transporter was like fantastic. People love Transporter. Yeah. Right? Um, his uh, Hulk movie was very disappointing, but that's a hard yeah. character to uh, to nail down. Um, yeah, in a feature, you know, he's great as a supporting character. Uh, 
just just a couple notes I want to throw throw in before we put this film to bed. Unless you've got more. Uh... No, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> love Major League. Uh, one of my absolute favorite lines is so Dennis Haysbert plays this character called uh, Pedro Serrano, who practices voodoo, and uh, he's uh, in conflict with the the veteran pitcher whose name I don't remember, who's a a, a pretty devout Christian. Yeah, and uh, he's like you know like lighting incense and waving a snake around a, a little. Uh, voodoo statue to uh try to generate good luck and 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 win the bat's favor and uh the veteran pitcher says uh have you ever tried praying to jesus and serrano says i like this man jesus but he cannot help me hit a curveball <laughs> and the vet pitcher <laughs> goes you trying to say jesus christ can't hit a curveball <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and the delivery of the line is just amazing uh I love it. I mean, there's a lot of great, great quotes. There's so yeah, it's a really well written film. It's a very punchy, yeah. funny script. You know, the guy wrote the Sting. It's not surprising that the uh, Sting the is also is a so phenomenal good. movie. Yeah, classic, classic all timer. Um, yeah, yeah, just a bit outside <laughs> that. You know, the classic Bob Uecker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> did Uecker an inning yesterday good. for the Dodgers game. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't get to watch it because I wasn't around, but uh, he did do an inning, and that's pretty awesome. Um, that is wonderful, yeah. Yeah, the only other thing, I I guess I don't really have that much else, else to say about it. I just love this movie. If you haven't seen it, um, and you do Classic. like... Yeah, if you do like like underdog sports movies, like this is... It's seriously, it's the best one. Um, yeah. It's very good. Uh, yeah. Before we transition into... We give it two playgrounds up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. we'll workshop that um <laughs> yeah, it might not be our thing we're just trying it out <laughs> two playgrounds up <laughs> uh uh bef- bef- since we're talking about a baseball movie uh before we go into basketball stuff uh do you have any thoughts on the baseball playoffs not particularly we've, we've got a pander for... to our number one fan here so I'm rooting for Milwaukee. They've got to be feeling pretty uh, good today. Yeah, four nothing over the Dodgers. It's a nice win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you're excited for your Sox. I all three other teams would be pretty uninteresting to me if they won. Sure. Uh, but but the Brewers, that would be nice. Yeah. Um. It's it's fun that the Sox are in there, and uh, the man, those Astros are. Whew, oh, they're brutal, man. The the win. Yeah, really good. The win over. Uh, the series win over the Yankees was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whatever else happens, I'm so glad <clears throat> that that played out the way it did. Uh, I don't know how closely you followed that, but there was a lot of like uh, trash talk. And the Yankees actually like really, you know, obviously I'm going to take the Red Sox side in these things. but the, Obviously. The Yankees were like pretty <laughs> bold. You know, first of all, when, when they beat, when they beat the A's in Yankee Stadium, the whole stadium was erupting with chants of "We want Boston, we want Boston." And then when uh, yeah, shouldn't have wanted Boston. <laughs> and then <laughs> when they they really pummeled the Red Sox in Game Two when uh, David Price started. Yeah, um, David Price. He's like oh, in a million in the playoffs. Uh, we're gonna get to that in a second because I actually have a basketball related question with that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, when they they kind of shellacked the Red Sox in that game. And then Aaron Judge walked by the Red Sox uh, dugout uh, 
blasting uh, New York, New York, the uh, the uh, uh, Yankees victory song. Um, Shouldn't have woken the sleeping giant. Yeah, pretty pretty bold move from a second year yeah, player. Brazen. Yeah, brazen. Brazen. Thank you. That's that's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Um, yeah. So it was kind of fun to beat them after all that. Um, yeah, but David Price he started yesterday. He gave up four runs in four innings. Ooh, uh, ooh. But the team won. He didn't earn yeah. the win, but the team won. And sure. for the first time in his career, after 10 postseason appearances prior, uh, his team won uh, a game that he started. Yeah. Do you know how many other pitchers in the history of Major League have started their postseason careers 0 uh, 10? I do. No, I don't. Literally zero. Wow. <laughs> um, although technically he's not 0-10 because one of them was a no decision, but the team did lose. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, he's, you know, people were, despite giving up four runs in four innings, people were not that mad at him yesterday. I thought he, obviously, you know, he looked a little shaky at some points, but he also seemed to be building some confidence, which is good since we're paying him like $217 million. Um, <laughs> he might go on a run now. I mean, you know, get that first one. I mean, it becomes its whole thing, you know? Yeah. It's like in basketball. They say you just need to see one shot go in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great shooters keep shooting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to think eventually, like, you know, there, there are people in, in Massachusetts and, and, and Red Sox fans that would be happy if he never pitched another game and don't think he'll ever turn it around. I, th- I think you have to take the view that, like, this guy's – a really, really good pitcher, and you know, uh, ten games is an extremely small sample size, and uh, maybe he just did need to get the monkey off his back, and and he could he could turn out to be a postseason asset. Let's hope so. Well, um, congratulations, uh, David Price. <laughs> but the only question I wanted to ask to you, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer because I've I've been thinking about this, and I, I cannot think of an example. But is there is there any basketball? equivalent of someone like david price who just completely shrinks under under the bright lights uh i mean kevin garnett's team lost their first nine years in the first round of the playoffs okay uh but he was fairly good yeah pal gasol's grizzlies got swept in the first round three years in a row Mm -hmm. they were zero and 12 but i don't know uh, it's harder in basketball because it's not an individual. Yeah. I mean, it's not an individual sport, right? Yeah, a pitcher. So, a pitcher is so easy to evaluate yeah. uh, uh, in, in isolation, and basketball is a team yeah. sport. Yeah, yeah. So I think there have been groups of people. You know, Toronto. The current Toronto Raptors have a history of playoff choking. They're almost like right? just a whole roster of David Prices. Almost, yeah. That's a pretty, I, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You. I hadn't thought of that. Thank you. But yeah, it's hard to find a single in- individual who's who's been just that bad. Yeah, over that. I mean, that is a that is a whew, that's that's bad. It's kind of amazing. I mean, if you yeah, heard that, a, like a mediocre pitcher, uh, you know, lost ten playoff games in a row, you'd be like, well, well, he's not the best. But like, yeah. you know, David Price is is <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, good. he's a he's a great pitcher. <laughs> yeah, uh, some people just don't, uh, you know. I mean, honestly, I'm. It's crazy to me that more professional athletes don't have that problem. Yeah. Given 
uh, what that the, the stakes are, and they've been dreaming about their whole lives. I mean, it seems psychotic to me that that people, some people, can completely divorce themselves from the consequences of what they're doing. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's kind of crazy that they, that anyone uh, can do that. I mean, you know, especially in a sport where it's so individual. Like I'm thinking of a tennis player trying to win Wimbledon or something. Sure. You know, it's just like you've been dreaming about this since you were a little kid. And it's finally maybe going to happen. I just, I don't, I mean. I think I it's like also one of those of things that compounds, you know, like cool. like maybe the nerves that he had facing, yeah. you know, his third game. He's like, all right, here we go. I'm going to get it. I'm really great. No, I'm here deal. now. I'm ready. But then, you know, you start to get <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine. It gets in your head. Then it must be getting in your head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it would do it to any of us. I mean, you know, I can't even imagine that kind of pressure. And fans, we think it's just so easy. Oh, yeah. It, it just seems like, I mean, think about how much we care, and they're the ones actually doing it. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, crazy. Well, uh, moving on. Yeah. Uh, so our, our last segment tonight, uh, we're going to do kind of like, you know, most uh, basketball podcasts do some version of a kind of like let's go through and predict Yeah, before we do season. this, though. Yeah. I have two things. Oh, yes, right. Very, very small. Yeah. One is, uh, did you see that Miles Turner agreed to a four-year, $72 million extension with the Pacers? I did see that, yeah. That is a lot of money. That's a ton of money. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's worth it. He is pretty young. He's 22, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, whew, I mean, three seasons, he's averaged like 12 and 6. <laughs> not sure that. <laughs> I'm not sure that's $72 million money, but whatever. I think uh, if you're their the money. Pacers... So that's each one someone to stay in Indiana. Year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically saying like maybe this is a little bit of an overpay, but keeping him here for four more yeah, years. Exactly. They like yeah, what they I have. Agree. I just think it's funny. Yeah. And then the second thing is just on a sad note, uh the owner of well, my favorite football team and I guess my favorite soccer team if I cared and my <laughs> current rooting interest in basketball, the the legendary Paul Allen uh passed away he had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it had come back into remission about two weeks ago, and he had beaten it once before, and, and, and he passed on. And it's, it's, it is a very, very sad. He was um, 65 not years only old, the, very young. Yeah, not, on, not only the, uh, the person who kept the Seahawks in Seattle, uh, tried to buy the Sonics, and if he had, they would never have moved, uh, and um, started the Sounders, but on a, he also, just for the city of Seattle in general, uh, he created uh, the Experience Music Project, and he funded Cinerama, and he did all kinds of civic projects. Um, and he was, uh, you know, beloved in the city, uh, and was is one of the billionaires who has pledged or had pledged to donate their the bulk of their entire fortune to charity, um, which I think is very wonderful, normal. and 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 all these kind of things. So he's a, he's a good dude, and a, and a good owner, which is the one thing you can't really do anything about in sports. And uh, and now we're not really sure. I don't know that there was a... He doesn't have any kids or any spouse, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens next, but we'll worry about that later. Right now, it's just very sad that a great philanthropist and a, and a great sports owner and a great, and a great by all accounts, a great guy um, uh, has, is gone. And, and, you know, so it's just sad, on a sad note. But Would you like to pay tribute to, tribute to him in the way that's most meaningful to you? Is there any sort of list? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. That's very, well very inappropriate. Uh, uh, well done, though. Well done. <laughs> no, uh, it is. It is super sad. Uh, by all accounts, a, a, a person of in integrity and a guy who really cared uh, 
and it's it's nice uh, in the uh, current world climate to uh, uh, to see an example of, of of someone who's like ultra wealthy that actually does have a sense of civic responsibility and a, and a sense of actually being a part of the the greater uh, uh, human race and not uh, not just living on top of it. Um, it's it's really yeah. sad to see uh, to see him go. And hopefully yeah. those teams will be okay. Um, Paul Allen, rest in peace. Uh, cool. Yeah, there you go. Thank well, you. On a lighter note, uh, basketball's back. Yeah, we, basketball's almost back. Tomorrow. By the time most people are listening to this, uh, games will be have, have been played. Um, I'm so excited, Arik. I'm so excited. Are you going to be able to watch any tomorrow? Uh, no. Bummer. Yeah, I have a, a friend's birthday dinner tomorrow night, so uh, unfortunately no. But on Wednesday, I should get to watch, so I'm quite excited for that. Great. Have you decided uh, officially which team you're going to support? Uh, well, you know, I'll be rooting for the Blazers, but I think I'm also going to, uh, to what did I say? I'm going to jump right on your bandwagon. Welcome aboard, friend. The water's fine. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. I'm Just excited try not to be as much of a homer as me on the podcast. And we should I don't end. think that's possible. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. So every po- basketball podcast does some variation of, like, a, a you know, how our team's going to do this year. And, Arik, you came up with something that I think is pretty good. You know, rather than, you know, look at uh, over-unders or uh, try to predict uh, – you know, who's going to win first in the division and, and go down the list like that. We're just going to look at teams records from last year and yeah. uh, predict whether or not we think they'll have a better record or a worse record. Yeah. Very simple. No, you know, not for betting purposes or anything like that. Just, just simple. Just what, quick. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, please. I think we should do each conference and I think we should go from the bottom up. Yeah. Agreed. But which one would you like to start with? Uh, your choice. It was your idea, your choice. All right, I'll lead this. I'll run this thing then. All right, so let's start in. I'm just going to do it in the way that's easiest from this web page I have up. So let's take a look. Uh, we'll do it in the Eastern Conference first, and we'll ignoring divisions, just go from the worst team last year to the best team. The worst team last year was the Atlanta Hawks with a record of 24 and 58. Herb, will they be better or worse than that this year? This is kind of a sneakily difficult one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, because like. They did get a great draft pick. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to be worse, though. You're going to say they're going to be worse? Yeah. Yeah, so they're big. Let's see, they lost... They lost uh, Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat. Yes, they did. They signed Arison Ilyasova. Is that right? No. He's gone. What page am I looking at? That is super old out of date. All right. Uh, the Atlanta they signed Hawks. Dominique Wilkins <laughs> to a rookie extension. Well, at this point, I think they'd be worse. But at almost any other point in his life, I think that would make them a lot better. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, man, they were really bad already last year. But I also think they will be even worse this year. I mean, they have no incentive to win at all. Yeah, and uh, and they didn't really do anything to improve their team. Um, it's kind so, of like it's weird to say, and it's kind of sad, but like it's like how are they going to win twenty four games this year? It's going to be really hard for them too. Yeah, I, I just don't I don't see it. I it's really hard to imagine anything. Uh, so it's a, I found the list I was looking for. They they added uh oh they have added Vince Carter, Alex Lynn, Len Jeremy Lynn, Trey Young drafted. They lost Carmel. 
Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, technically. Technically, he didn't play a game. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is the only real significant player that they lost. Uh, They. I don't really think Trey Young's going to have a phenomenal rookie season. Don't don't think he's that kind of player. And so I think that um, that they'll be a rough, rough, rough sledding for now for the uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, moving on. It'd be nice uh, if Jeremy Lin was healthy for a full season. It would be nice. I have I have a lot of love for Jeremy Lin. Me too. but let's, Number let's move on. We are in the yeah. we're still in the cellar here. <laughs> yeah, 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 in in fourteenth place last year, <laughs> uh, the Orlando Magic with a record of twenty five and fifty seven. To give you uh, a brief overview, they added uh, Tim- Timothy Mozgov. They drafted Muhammad Bamba and Justin Jackson. They uh, lost Bismack Biombo, Mario Hezonia, uh, Shelvin Mack, who they waived, and uh, they re-signed Aaron Gordon. I think they'll be slightly better. Better than 25 and 57. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. They they Bamba could be great, but I think he's going to take a while to develop. Uh, they kept Aaron Gordon, which was obviously really important, and they didn't really lose anyone of significant consequence. Biamba was actually kind of good for them. but uh, and, and Mario Hazonia, I still think, might have something to say before all is said and done. But yeah, I, I think, think he will, too. Right, right he, wasn't, he wasn't a difference maker last year. No. Right around the same record, maybe slightly better. I We agree on that one. In 13th place, the Chicago Bulls, with a record of 27 and 55, Worse. they signed Jabari Parker and drafted Wendell Carter Jr. They lost uh, Noah Vonley, Paul Zipser, Jerry and Grant, and they re-signed Zach Levine to a just insane <laughs> contract. Just absolutely absurd. I guess they matched. Worse. But, oh, yeah, I agree. Worse. Probably significantly worse. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, 28 and 54 last season. They got Ed Davis. They got Kenneth Fareed. They got Jared Dudley. They got Shabazz Napier. They lost uh, Dwight Howard because they waived him. They lost Dante Cunningham. <laughs> they lost Jeremy Lin, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Nick Stauskas, and they re-signed Joe Harris. I think they're going to be better. I think they I think they're going to make uh, of, of all the teams that we've talked about so far, all four of them, I think they're going to have yeah. the uh the biggest variance of these so far and I think they're going to be like I think they're going to be in the mid 30s. I think they're going to be significantly better. We agree too much, but I, I think they're going to be significantly better. Kenneth Fareed can play. Jared Dudley is still useful. Ed Davis I really like as a former uh Trailblazer. Uh Shabazz Napier has some some moves. I you know, I think they'll be, you know, they're not going to be great, but I think they'll be in the mid-30s. I think the ghost of, like, uh, Billy King is no longer hanging over this team. I think they were just ready to be, like, they were like kind of like a a off-brand basketball franchise for the last five years. Yeah. And uh, because the their GM just completely screwed them over, um, like, seven years ago. But now that, that now that's not really looming over them anymore, they can just be a basketball team. Plus, they've got a lot of talent. I think they're going to be good. Yeah, the only thing to consider is that for the first time in like a billion years, they actually have their own first round pick. So they don't have a strong incentive to be good, but I think just based on who they signed, they will be better than they were last year. Yeah. Uh, moving on in 11th place were the uh, sister uh, franchise, the <laughs> New York Knicks, at 29 and 53, one game better. They signed Mario Hazonia and Noah Vonley. They drafted Kevin Knox and. They lost uh, Michael Beasley and Kylo Quinn, and they re-signed Luke Cornett. And we have uh, no idea and when Christoph Porzingis is, is probably play. not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, uh, worse. <laughs> yeah, agreed. They're not. Worse. They're not going to win twenty nine games. No, unfortunately, the for them the tenth place Charlotte Hornets at thirty six and forty six. 
They added Bismack Biombo, Tony Parker, and they lost Michael Carter Williams. Uh, they got rid of Dwight Howard. They lost Timothy Mozgov, not really, and they resigned nobody. This is a tough one for me. Yeah, I agree. They also uh, have a new coach. They also have a new coach, yes. First Latino coach in NBA history. Crazy, you know? Fantastic. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, wonderful and should have happened long, long ago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say they're going to be slightly better. Oh. I'm going to say worse but just because we agree too much. Okay. Yeah, they're probably going to be better. We can revisit <laughs> this at the end of the season and see who did better. We'll but we've agreed on almost we everyone, so <laughs> well, we'll just re-listen to the podcast. Uh, so in ninth place, the Detroit Pistons, thirty-nine and forty-three were their record last year. They added Jose Calderon, Zaza Pachulia, Glenn Robinson the third. They drafted Kyrie Thomas, and and uh, they lost uh, James Ennis and Anthony Tolliver. Who's their coach now? That is a great question. Isn't it uh, Dwayne Casey? Oh, I think you're right, yeah. Um, Dwayne Casey's good. I'm going to say, man, this is another one that's hard to read, you know? like Full year of uh, Dwight, of um, uh, Homeboy from the Blake Clippers. Blake Griffin, yeah, yeah. Blake Griffin. That's the thing is, it's like, it's hard, it's hard to predict. Like, with a guy like Blake, who averages 50 games a season, well, it feels a little morbid to be like, well, he's going to miss half the season anyway. But... I mean, realistically, I don't know. I feel like if everything goes right for this team and everyone everyone stays healthy, they could make the playoffs. But realistically, I don't think that's going to happen, and I think they're probably going to be about the same. I think they're going to be just on the outside looking in. And I hope I'm wrong. So over or under? Under. I'm going to go over. Sweet. Yeah. Uh... In eighth place, now we're in last year's playoff teams, the Washington Wizards at 43 and 39. They, uh, what did they do? They got uh, Dwight Jeff Howard. Green, Dwight Howard, Austin Rivers, drafted Troy Brown. The lost all Mar- chemistry Mar- team. <laughs> yeah, lost Marcin Gortat and Mike Scott and uh, re-signed nobody. Uh, how do you think that the uh, Wizards are going to fare next year? 43 and 39. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> it's hard. This is yeah. why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I really can't stand this team. It's like a team that I didn't really enjoy last year, despite how great some of the individual components are. The way they played and just—they're like this. This is a team with so much unearned swagger, and then you throw yeah. in like Dwight Howard, Austin Rivers, and Jeff Green. It's like. Ugh. This team is not a team I'm going to be watching a lot uh, unless they're playing another team that I want to see. Um, but I still guess I'm going to say over. I think I think they can be better. So uh, I am going to... Oh, God, this is so boring. I'm also going to say over. Uh, and I, I realize that makes no sense for my... There's no way universe in which my picks could result in a playoff picture that makes any sense. I'm not looking at because if the Pistons, if the Pistons, I guess technically the Pistons could go over by like one or two games and still miss the playoffs. Uh, in number seven last year was the Milwaukee Bucks at 44 and 38. They added Ersan Ilyasova, Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez. And they d- drafted Dante DiVincenzo. They lost Brandon Jennings and Jabari Parker. 
and re-signed no one. Um, I'm going to say better. Yeah, right? Like, they just have to be. I think Giannis is going to make a leap. Yeah. he. I mean, he uh, does every year. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, seriously. Brooke and Lopez and they have a real coach now. Score the basket. They got Budenho- Budenholzer is now their coach. Yeah. I, I think they're going to have, like, I think they're going to be offensively really good. And, and it's a major upgrade of coach. I mean, you know, this is replacing yeah. the person who replaced Jason Kidd. <laughs> so, uh, in sixth place, uh, Miami Heat, 44 and 38 last season. They added no one. They lost no one. <laughs> they have exactly the same team as last year, but they might add Jimmy Butler. If they get Jimmy Butler over, if they don't, uh, under. Uh, I think that they, uh, God, <laughs> they yeah, can't all be agreed. over my friend. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Uh, in fifth were the Indiana Pacers at 48 and 34. They, uh, what did they do? They added Tariq Evans. They added Doug McDermott. They added Kyle Quinn. They drafted Aaron holiday. They lost Al Jefferson, Glenn Robinson, the third and Lance Stevenson. And they resigned Ben Moore. Hmm. It's another tough one. Uh, I hate to say it because I like this team, but I think they're going to be slightly under. Gah! I also think they will be slightly <laughs> under. Uh, but well, don't worry. We'll definitely worry. disagree on this next team. Yeah, right. This, by the way, is the one. Well, may, oh God. The Cleveland Cavaliers at 50 and 32. This is how my playoff thing works out, by the way. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they lost uh, Channing Fry. They added Channing Fry. I guess they re-added Did Channing Fry. Did they lose Fry. anyone important? They, they, lost Col- they added Colin Sexton. Well, they lost Jose Calderon, Jeff Green, Ken- Kendrick Perkins. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. wow. They did re-sign Kevin Love. Uh, oh, and some guy named LeBron. Oh, right. Never heard of him. I'm going to say uh, slight under. <laughs> I think they're going to make the finals again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Thompson. think they could. I think they could be in the in the runnings for uh, eighth in the in the East, though. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely they have enough talent to be in the playoff hunt, but uh, they're, yeah, they're not but winning. No, they 50 will games. definitely not win fifty games. No, and also uh, it's Cleveland, um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many ways this season could go wrong. Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Love will be interesting. I wonder if we're going to really see the Minnesota Kevin Love. I think not. I think it's been too many years, but should yeah. be interesting. And even if it is that that guy was not a leader of men, and he was not—I mean, he never. Well, made the okay, playoffs. your weird biases against him that have nothing to do with him aside. Oh, uh, pardon me. I, Did I he ever lead? <laughs> no, no, no. He, they, the Timberwolves didn't make the playoffs the entire time he was there. Uh, you are one hundred percent correct. The uh, third place was the Philadelphia 76ers at fifty-two and thirty. They uh, added Wilson Chandler. They added Mike Muscala. They added Zaire Smith. They added. They lost uh, Marco Bellinelli. They lost Ersan Ilyasova, and they re-signed Amir Johnson and JJ Redick, and effectively added Mark Markel Fultz. I think they've, I think they've lost a couple of important pieces, but at the same time, Embiid and Simmons could both. You know, they're at that age where you just get better exponentially. Get better every year. Every year. Yeah. I'm still gonna go slight under. I think they win like fifty. Games. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go over. I think they will be uh, roughly a fifty-five win team. Okay. So in second place last season, your Boston Celtics at fifty-five and twenty-seven, they got back you know Gordon Hayward and uh, hopefully they'll get a full season of Kyrie Irving. They didn't really sign anyone. They drafted uh, Robert Williams. They lost Greg Monroe, Abdel Nader, 
Shane Larkin, who's playing in Turkey now, and they re-signed Aaron Baines, Jabari Bird, and Marcus Smart. What did you say? I said I'll take 70 games. Sure. Yeah. Also, so, better or worse is, than 55 Jabari and 27? Not playing this season. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think they're going to do better than 55 wins. Uh, I actually think it, it's hard to say they won't be better because they did this all with, with a pretty mixed roster, but they have a lot to integrate. Like, Gordon Hayward is, by all accounts, behind where he wanted to be. They're going to have to figure out how to get Jalen Brown and, Jay, and uh, uh, Jason Tatum the, the same kind of minutes they had. They have a lot of guys. They have a lot of minutes to manage. If anyone can do it, it's Brad Stevens. I'm very high on this team. Uh, I'm going to say under to keep it interesting. You're off the bandwagon. You're kicked out. No. God. Oh, man. All right. They're going to win 75 games. They're going to win 88 games somehow. Uh, and in, in number one, Last season were the Toronto Raptors with a record of 59 and 23. They added Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard and Greg Monroe. They lost DeMar DeRozan and Jacob Pertle. They re-signed Jaco. Lorenzo Brown and Fred. Oh, yeah, you're right. Jacob Pertle. And they re-signed Lorenzo Brown and Fred Van Vliet, which is a name I love to say. On paper, that's an upgrade. Yeah. Um, but my gut says it's going to be an under. I man, it's hard to say you're going to go over on a team that won 59 games last yeah. season. Uh, but I will say they'll go 60 and 22. Great, love it. Yeah, just right. for fun. Let's bang through uh, this Western okay. Conference. Yeah, yeah, Western. Yeah, we're ready. Uh, Western Conference: Phoenix Suns, 21 and 61. They added a lot of people: Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, uh, DeAndre Ayton was drafted, Mikael Bridges was drafted. They lost a lot of people: Marquise Chris, Derek Dudley, Brandon Knight, Alex Len, Alfred Payton. Uh, and they re-signed Devin Booker. Uh, I think they will be a couple games better. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Memphis Same. Grizzlies, <laughs> 22 and 60. They will get, obviously, Conley and Gasol back. They also added uh, my my man, Omri Caspi, uh, Kyle Anderson, Shelvin Mack, Garrett Temple, drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. at number four. They lost uh, Tyreek Evans and Ben McLemore. Uh, and uh, some other people that don't matter. Uh, I think that they will be significantly better than last year. Yeah, I mean that's this. This is just such a no-brainer. Like, are they going to make the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, but but are be, they going certainly. to win more than twenty-two games? Like, yeah, with with Marcus All yeah. and Michael Conley, definitely. Yeah, by themselves, right? So, yeah. uh, the Dallas Mavericks at twenty-four and fifty-eight. They added uh, Devin Harris, DeAndre Jordan. They drafted Luka Doncic. They lost Seth Curry. Yogi Ferrell, Doug McDermott, and Nerlens Noel. Uh, they re-signed Salah Medri and Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, better. Yeah, I know. The West makes no sense. Like, I don't know how any of this is going to play out, but they will be better than 24 and 58. Uh, the Sa- ah, well, this is part of how it makes sense. The Sacramento <laughs> Kings uh, went uh, 27 and 55. They got Nemanja Bielica, I think is how you say that. Nemanja, I'm not... Nemanja? I'm not really sure. I don't know how to Yo- say that one. I, I guess it would be Nemanja. Be a, ah, who knows? Yogi Ferrell, Ben McLemore, and Marvin Bagley the third. Uh, they lost Vince Carter and Garrett Temple, and they signed nobody. And it was weird as heck. And uh, <laughs> I think they will be worse than 27 and 55. I kind of can't believe they won 27 games last year. Right? Like it almost seems impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. going to be worse. 
All right, next is the Lakers of Los Angeles at 35 and 47. They added LeBron James and a billion other people, none of whom really matter besides LeBron James, but Michael Beasley, uh, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and they drafted uh, somebody, or Moritz Wagner, the German. They lost Luol Deng, uh, Tyler Ennis, Channing Frye, Brooke Lopez, Julius Randle, and Isaiah Thomas, and they re-signed Cantavius Caldwell-Pope for, I think, LeBron-pleasing reasons and uh, Travis Ware. Uh, they will obviously be significantly better than they were last year. Yeah, uh, that's a no-brainer. The Los Angeles Clippers, they uh, went 42-40 uh, and 40 last year, uh, but didn't make the playoffs. They uh, added Marcin Gortat. Uh, they added Mike Scott. They added Luke Mabaamute. They, they drafted Shea, I think it's Gilgis Alexander. Then Jerome Robinson. They lost Sam Decker, DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers, uh, no more nepotism, and they re-signed Avery Bradley, Montrell, ha- Montrell Harrell, and Tyrone Wallace. Uh, I think it's a drop for the Clippers. Yeah, of you know, Los I've Angeles. heard a lot of buzz. Like a lot of people are like this. This kind of like trendy. Yeah, they're high. Arky take is to say like Ooh, huh. the Clippers. <laughs> Not an arky take because I just went under. <laughs> but it's the type of take you would have. Oh, okay. Um, uh, no, basketball just, history I'm just, take. I'm just, I'm just being a jerk. Uh, People are saying uh, that, yeah, they think that the Clippers are going to be good, and I, I just don't see it. I certainly I don't, don't see, see them winning 42 games. Um, no. Yeah, that's, that's an under for me as well. Exciting. All we right. just the... keep agreeing. Yeah, well, when we're wrong, we'll be really wrong together. <laughs> uh, the Denver Nuggets, 46-36 and 36 last season. They added Isaiah Thomas. Michael Porter Jr. was drafted, and they lost uh, Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Fareed, Devin Harris, Isaiah Whitehead. Uh, not really. And they re-signed Will Barton and Nikola Jokic, which is really the only thing they needed to do. Uh, uh, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I, I, Who I'm going to say better, but not by much. From. Just a couple games better. <sighs> God, this is a tough one for me. Yeah. Because I think 46 wins sounds about right. I guess yeah, we'll, we're not doing pushes on this show, but yeah. I think I think I'm going to say slightly under, but okay. I also think that's going to be good enough this season to make the playoffs. Like I think they're yeah. going to win 44, like 44 and make the playoffs. Yeah. So last season's playoff teams in eighth, the Minnesota Timberwolves at 47 and 35. They added Luol Deng. They uh, added Anthony Tolliver. They uh, drafted someone I've never heard of named Josh Okogie. And they lost Cole Aldrich and Nemanja Bielitsa, and they re-signed Derek Rose for reasons. Uh, and they are probably <laughs> about to lose Jimmy Butler. And I will say that when they do that, they will be just under 47 at like 45 and 35. They're still pretty good, and they're still pretty young. But You think they can win 45 games if they lose Jimmy Butler? I do. Wow, we this is the most we've disagreed uh, this the, uh, on all of these. I think if they lose Jimmy Butler, they're they're... We'll be lucky to get uh, high 30s. All right. So you're predicting a, a hard under. Hard under. And I'm going just slightly under. And if so Jimmy stays, I think it's going to be a slight under. Okay. it's just so dysfunctional. Yeah. In seventh place, San Antonio Spurs, also at 47 and 35. They added uh, Marco Bellinelli, Dante Cunningham, DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl. Uh, they uh, drafted Lonnie Walker the fourth, And they lost Kyle Anderson, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker. And they re-signed uh, Rudy Gay and some people I've never heard of. Uh, oh, man, it's really hard to predict that the San Antonio Spurs will not make the playoffs. 
right? Yeah. And so I think they will make the playoffs, and I think that'll be right around where they were last season. I'm going to give them one game more than last season. I'll give them one game less. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, the, the Pelicans of Narlins, uh at 48 and 34, they lost uh, um, Rondo, uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo. They added uh, Jaleel Okafor, Alfred Payton, Julius Randle, and they drafted a guy named Tony Carr, and they re-signed the uh, lovable Ian Clark. Uh, I'm going to go under for the Pelicans. Dang, I thought we were going to disagree on this one, but I, I agree with you as well. I don't think <sighs> I don't think Anthony Davis can sustain that play. No, agreed. From the but second half of last season. he could prove us both very, very wrong. Yeah, I mean, I hope he doesn't do it. He's just going to wear himself into the ground. I, I just think the, the supporting cast is like, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm it's wrong. Maybe like Randall's group. amazing. That's a weird group. It's, it is a weird group. I, I don't trust it. I don't, I don't see, in the West, 48 wins? No, no way. The Jazz of Utah should be of New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> they uh, drafted Garrett, Grayson Allen. They lost Jonas Yerubko, Jerubko, Jonas Jerubko. Jonas Yerubko. Jonas Yerebko, thank you, the Swedish Larry Bird. <laughs> and uh, they re-signed Dante Exum, Derek Favors, and Raul Neto. Uh, I think they're going to be significantly over the 48 games they won last year. Uh, I agree with you. <laughs> Dang! Well, the problem is we both listen to Zach Lowe. Uh, the, I think he's, the Thunder... he, like, he thinks the Clippers are going to be good. Yeah, he does. I don't, I'm not saying we agree with him on everything, but the Thunder of, of Nowhere... Uh, my, my favorite, my favorite basketball team of all time. <laughs> they, uh, uh, they added, uh, Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder. They drafted a guy named, uh, Hamadou Diallo, which is a very weird name to me for reasons because of the case of Amadou Diallo, which is a very sad story. But anyway, I just can't hear that name every time I see his name, mm-hmm. even though they're not, even though they're not the same. Um, they lost Carmelo Anthony and Nick Collison retired the last remaining Sonic oh, who was on the that, team. Yeah. Uh, I guess technically Jeff Green will be the last remaining Sonic, but Nick Collison was, Oh, and Kevin Durant, but Nick Collison was the last remaining Sonic still on the team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they um, re-signed Paul George and Jeremy Grant somehow. And I uh, think they will drop yeah, uh, I think so too. Especially with the Westbrook God, injury, I thought we were gonna, we were gonna disagree on that one. Yeah, sorry, uh, I don't believe in that. Team. Andre Andre Robertson, uh, yeah, is injured. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, <sighs> the Portland Trailblazers uh, added Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas and lost uh, Ed Davis and Shabazz Napier, and they waived Georgios Papagianis, the uh, lovable. Player and mm-hmm. they re-signed Yusuf Nurkic. And as sad as it is for me to say this, I think they will win fewer games this season than last season. I'm going to go slide over. Ah, oh, thank you. The Warriors of here, uh, they... <laughs> of this golden state we call home. <laughs> yeah. They added DeMarcus Cousins and the aforementioned Jonas Yerebko. They uh, drafted some guy I've never heard of. They lost JaVale McGee and Zaza Pachulia and re-signed Kevin Durant and Kevon Looney. Uh, I uh, am... Oh, and they added Damian Lee, as Steph Curry's soon-to-be brother-in-law. That's nice. Um, from the G League. Uh, I think they will win more, more than 58 games. This is a tough one for me as well, because it's like, are, are they going to decide that home court is important? Or are they going to succumb to 
the malaise. I guess for the sake of being interesting, because we're obviously going to agree with the next team, uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, slight under. Yeah. So the Rockets of Houston, 65 and 17. They added Carmelo Anthony, Michael Carter Williams, Marquez Chris, uh, James Ennis III, Brandon Knight, and they drafted Vincent Edwards. They lost Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, Aaron Jackson, Luke Maba Amute. And they re-signed Clint Capella, Gerald Green, which is what a comeback story that is, mm-hmm. and uh, and Chris Paul uh, uh, under. Yeah, that that's an under for sure. Yeah. All right, well, there you have it, folks. So what team we has the best record in the NBA next year? More in agreement. To, uh, uh, the... This makes no sense with what I said before, but I was about to say the Celtics of Boston. Uh, <laughs> the Yeah, my picks are all over the map. The, uh, I guess... The Warriors? The Warriors, I guess. Or the Celtics, if they get it together. I'll say this. The people who have a chance to have the best record, in my opinion, are the Rockets, the Warriors, the Raptors, and the Celtics. Which is really (laughs) really what a crazy crazy limb I'm going out on. Uh, Or the Sixers, if Fultz is any good. Um, But, you know, someone could surprise us. The Jazz could, could, you know, shock us all or something. Yeah, I mean, every year... Somebody, yeah, there will be surprises, and everyone, uh, yeah, pe- yeah, you know, people. Oh God, that what are, if the Lakers have the best record? That's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. But wouldn't that be incredible? That would be amazing. I mean, yeah, that'd be the greatest thing. LeBron at that point is the greatest player of all time. Yeah, if if the Lakers win with the the best record after going thirty five and forty two or sorry thirty five and forty seven and adding yeah. LeBron and, just and adding all the LeBron. all the cast offs, like uh, yeah, I, I would have to concede his uh. Greatness. His true greatness. Yeah. I mean, I, I acknowledge his greatness, but I would have to uh, concede his absolute uh, undisputed. Uh, yeah, top, undisputed. Top yeah. yeah, it would be just unreal. All right, my friend, we did the thing. Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot I'm so excited. Wait. I'm so excited for us to talk about basketball again. We. I mean, we've been talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's all we talk about now. <laughs> But we love yeah. it. We're junkies. It's so much fun. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys uh, the season. This is the like. This is the best part. You know, it's it's. This is the last so much potential evening where everyone is equal. Yeah, and anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. It's I so exciting. It. it is really exciting, my friend, and I I uh, hope we watch a game together soon. Yes, let's. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>